You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 732 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I'm your host, Brad Rowland. It is Saturday evening into Sunday morning now as I am recording this here in Atlanta, and the Hawks lose their third straight game this evening up in Memphis by a final score of 118-101. to um, Not a great performance, I would say, for Atlanta. If you want to be as positive as humanly possible, you would point out that the Hawks did win the last three quarters of this game. Um, if not, you would point out that the Hawks got drubbed in the first quarter and basically didn't show up to start this game, and uh, we'll talk more about that, of course, later on. I will say... This is one of those losses that is uh, entirely explainable and at the same time also frustrating to watch, which is why I kind of identify with, I think fans were probably a little bit more upset than they probably should have been. But at the same time, I totally understand because if you watch this game from the outset, it felt fairly hopeless early on and the Hawks did battle from there. Lloyd Pierce seemed to be pretty pleased with their effort level in this game, but still uh, just the execution or lack thereof, I should say, in the first quarter kind of doomed them and they were kind of fighting this uphill battle for the rest of the way. So we'll dive in as we always do on the podcast, but that's sort of the overview on this night. The Hawks just didn't have it going early on, never really did, frankly, on the way to the final result. Um, at any rate, it's, it's, it's worth pointing out here that both teams were on back-to-back. Trey Young did play in return in this game. He has been, of course, um, sick for quite some time now, apparently. He was on the injury report um, for last Monday's game against Memphis. But other than that, it's been four or five games in a row now that he's been at least listed with flu-like symptoms. Um, Trey did not play on Friday. He did come back and play in this game. He, he was not quite his normal self. Uh, Lloyd Pierce seemed to acknowledge that as well. I think just from the opening tip, it didn't feel like Trey had his normal juice level, which is perfectly explainable when you're when you're sick you're not going to be quite the same guy he just was not great in this game he was far from alone by the way in that but he did play and of course that helps the Hawks um Cam Reddish was probable originally ended up playing this game but actually only played for the first half we'll talk about we'll talk about that more a little bit later on but he was forced to exit with some cramping issues and the Hawks were uh six and a half point underdogs or so somewhere in that range depending on where you looked before the game started but obviously they, didn't, they were not able to cover that spread and by the way Atlanta is now two of ten uh, sorry they're two and 10 on back-to-backs this season so uh pretty pretty rough there and also of course this was the failed revenge spot from the memphis drubbing on monday night but the hawks are now a dismal 6 and 27 on the road this season that is the worst record of any road team in the nba and uh yeah young young teams are bad on the road which is not entirely surprising but when you're worse than teams like the warriors and the Cavs and the knicks etc are on the road that's pretty uh pretty ugly in a lot of ways All right, we'll dive into the game here as we always do. In the early going, of course, the first quarter was the brutal one for Atlanta overall. Um, It was actually starting out pretty well. The Hawks scored five points pretty quickly in this spot. They ran what seemed to be a pretty nice design play for Kevin Herter um, for a three on the first trip that he actually ended up burying, and the Hawks led five to two. But from that point forward, it was all Memphis, a 14-0 run by the Grizzlies to take the lead that they would never relinquish from that point in time. Jonas Valanciunas, who was absolutely dominant in this game, had eight of the first 10 points for Memphis. In fact, he finished the game with 27-17 and in only 32 minutes. And in the first half, Valanciunas had 21-10 and and 15 minutes of play. So he was just absolutely lighting the Hawks up. Um, and honestly, the argument to start Dwayne Dedman in this game, which the Hawks ended up doing, was to slow down Valanciunas because, you know, I've argued in the past, um, you know, by the past, I mean the last couple of weeks that I would probably just roll with the young guys and start Collins at the five and Hunter at the four and Reddish at the three every night, unless you played an opponent that 
just was set up to bludgeon you on the interior. I'm not sure Valanciunas' rises to that level, but at the same time, there was somewhat of an argument because he is very good offensively and very physical and very big. So that would be the reason why you would start Deadman in this game. But um, even when Deadman was playing, he kind of had any sort of a free reign around the rim especially in the first half, and then when Devin left the game, it was even worse. But alas, it was just uh, they could not stop Valanciunas in the early going. That was at least part of it. But honestly, the bigger issue was the offense for Atlanta. The Hawks had four turnovers and four missed jumpers in that 14-0 run. Did not score for about three and a half minutes. Um, Trey was struggling early on, had three turnovers and a bad miss on his first um, on his first three points up at his first stint. He actually came out of the game a lot earlier than he normally would um, in the first quarter, which I'm sure had to do with his uh, energy level or lack thereof. Um, but still, he was far from alone in that spot. The Hawks just could not score effectively in that first quarter. In fact, Lloyd, Lloyd Pierce went deep into, in, into his bench in that first quarter, trying to generate some buzz offensively. They played 11 of their of their 12 guys in the first 10 minutes, and in fact, all 12 played in the first half that were available. So it kind of tells you where they were trying to dig in and try to go, just try to get creative, try to juice something something up offensively. But uh, it just wasn't effective. And overall, in the first quarter, the Hawks shot 5 of 22 from the floor, 2 of 12 from 3. They had 5 turnovers. They had a 71 offensive rating. I will say this. The Hawks did generate better looks than those numbers indicate. Um, And even Pierce said, you know, shots don't fall sometimes. And often that's pretty uh, sort of an easy way out to describe offensive stuff. But I will say, if you watch the first quarter again, which I actually made sure that I did before I, before I recorded this podcast, the Hawks were not great offensively. They still had too many turnovers. The energy level was okay, just not executing all that well. But a ton of missed open shots. And that was kind of the theme of the entire game. So if you want to be positive about that, you could say it's kind of just variance and guys are going to make more shots. We'll talk about individual performances later on. But a lot of missed shots from guys who are capable of making them. Not great shooters necessarily, but guys who are capable of making them. And the only guys on the roster that had good shooting nights um, from three were John Collins, Kevin Herter, and uh, to a smaller sample size, Travion Graham. Everybody, and I guess Rush, Rush was one of one, but everybody else really struggled, including a combined, by the way, a combined one of 21 from three from Hunter, Deadman, and Trey Young. That is a pretty, um, you know, it's kind of brutal. You can't really overcome that in a lot of ways. So all that said, the first quarter was the disaster for, here for the Hawks. They lost the quarter 38-18. to 18. That's bad defense, that's bad offense, it's bad everything. If you want to look back to the Memphis game on Monday, over a three-quarter sample from halftime on Monday into the end of the first quarter on Saturday, the Hawks lost to the Grizzlies by 56 points in 36 minutes. So that is, uh, yeah, tells you everything you need to know about that. Um, from there, again, the Hawks did play pretty well the rest of the way. They lost the first, second, sorry, they lost the second quarter by one point, and they won both of the final, both of the uh, post-halftime quarters, but. Uh, you know, obviously too little too late there. The first, uh, let's just transition here a little bit. Uh, Memphis in the second quarter, led by as many as 23 points in the early going. The Hawks opened 2 of 15 from 3 before Herder finally made one to cut the margin a little bit. And then Young, do a th- long, Young drew a 3-shot th- foul down to uh, a 49-34 margin. So that was actually a 10-2 run by the Hawks in the early portion of the second quarter to sort of inject some life. And down 15... You're in a, you're in, a, I mean, not a great spot, I would say for sure, but at the same time, you are probably in a puncher's chance mode at that point. But immediately, and I'm not kidding, immediately following that 10-2 run, Memphis scored 11 straight points to go by, go by 20, uh, by 26. So, and that, by the way, another uh, statistical marker there: the Hawks were 10 of 42 from the floor at that point in time, and three of 20 from three. So. It was beyond just the first quarter. They were down 26 midway through the second, and uh, that was the low water mark. To be fair, 
but uh, the numbers were just so bad at that point in time. Um, that's also around the, around the time when Cam Reddish left the game. He was limping a bit the first time he came out of the game, and Pierce acknowledged that afterwards. He pulled himself out the first time, and then he went back in after he got stretched out, but was forced to leave with what the Hawks called, and I'm quoting now, lower limb cramping. So, you know, it's kind of vague, but obviously a, uh, a leg issue of some sort. Pierce did downplay it a little bit after the game was over, um, and rightly so, apparently. Apparently he's just fine. It's just one of those things where um, he got he just couldn't get loose or whatever it was in this spot. So no, nothing long-term, and that appears to be just fine with Cam, but something to keep an eye on as the Hawks return to action on Monday. And, of course, they could have used him in the second half because Reddish, if nothing else, is their best defensive player on the wing and also someone who can create some shots. So he played okay before he left the game, but uh, there you go on that. Um, eventually, the Hawks settled down, settled down by 21 at the halftime break. Uh, Valanciunas, as I noted before, was uh, dominant in the first half. The Hawks just shot the ball absolutely brutally before halftime. They had an 87 offensive rating. The one bright spot offensively was John Collins, who had 13 points on 10 shooting possessions before halftime. But defensively, it was not very good. Offensively, it was not very good. And uh, down 21, you know. You're in a tough spot there, even especially on the road, down 21. It's a team that's uh, probably as good or better than you are at, at this point in time. So there you go. Um, after a quick break, we'll come back and talk about the second half, and we'll dive into the individual stuff. So hold on tight. We'll be right back with more on this game. All right, and we're back with the third quarter and beyond. In the third, things actually started off pretty well for the Hawks. Uh, they scored the first seven points to get back within 14. That was uh, capped by a John Collins dunk. And then uh, they had a three-pointer in the air from Trey Young, to get it down to 11, it did not fall, and then Memphis pushed the lead back out to, to as many as 24 in the third quarter. Now, to their credit again, the Hawks did close the third with a 13-4 run, capped by a three by Trey Young on the final trip of the quarter, and at that point in time, they're back within 15. They had a little bit of momentum, but um, there was that one point that I wanted to make sure I noted in that third quarter where it felt like the Hawks could keep coming. Shots just didn't fall for a few minutes there. Memphis managed to stabilize, and that ended up being a pretty uh, big swing in the game, honestly, because the offense just never really recovered for the Hawks um, overall. And by the way, sort of a, um, a, a small thing in a game that became a pretty lopsided one, but a good substitution by Lloyd Pierce late in the third quarter to get Trey Young, who had been sitting out for a while, back in the game on that final trip. You put Trey Young, uh, sort of an auto move in some ways, but not every coach would do that. You put Trey in there, he knocks down the three, and then you sort of juice yourself up as the fourth quarter arrives. It didn't necessarily matter, obviously, in this game, but that was actually a small thing that I wanted to point out that worked that I had written down. In the fourth quarter, Memphis goes up by 19 in the first couple possessions. The Hawks did stabilize a little bit there with Memphis missing a bunch of free throws. By the way, in this game, the Grizzlies missed 13 free throws. That actually left the door open a little bit for Atlanta. They just couldn't uh, crash through it. I will say there was a good stretch in the fourth quarter from Dwayne Dedman. He was flying around. He shot the ball terribly in this game, so people are going to put that point to that, and I will too. But I thought one of his better stretches of the uh, time he's had with the Hawks was the early fourth quarter when he was flying around offensive rebounding, crashing the glass, playing good defense, and just kind of making things happen. Um, so I want to at least point out one of the small positives in this game. Um, the Hawks just couldn't go over the hump, though. They were down 17 with seven minutes to go. They got it back to 14 a couple different times on threes from Travion Graham and Vince Carter. But um, once Dylan Brooks hit a three at about a three-point mark to go by 18, it was academic from there. And the Hawks go down by a final score of 118 to 101. Um, you know, offensively, it was brutal for Atlanta. Obviously, you know, Memphis is a pretty decent defensive team. I, was, I will say they're not quite as good defensively when they don't have Brandon Clark or uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., who are two of their you know more productive defensive big men. But still, they're okay defensively, especially at home. Um, so no great shame in having a little bit of an off-net offensively. And again, I mentioned before, but the, the shooting was just a little bit unsustainably bad for the Hawks in this game. But still, they were not great on offense. 
you know, a 98 offensive rating is pretty bad. They shot 34% from the floor, 27% from three. They did, on the bright side, get to the line 28 times and made 24 of them. So that's a good thing. You know, Trey got nine of those, but four for Deadman, seven for Collins, three for Teague. Um, Reddish got to the line twice before he left the game. So that's a that's one bright spot offensively. That's basically the only one. Um, tw- you know, 14 turnovers is not actually not that many for the Hawks, but other than that, the, the shots just weren't following, weren't, weren't falling, and they, they couldn't straight stuff together in the way that you would expect. Defensively, it wasn't bad after the first quarter. The first quarter was bad. They were giving up way too many things at the rim to Valanciunas and others. John Morant had sort of his better game. Obviously, he was, he was much better in this game than he was on Monday night, I thought. Um, but those two guys were really the only ones that really got to the Hawks. There was one stretch where Josh Jackson got loose for the Hawks, but it actually might have helped them because that, that from there he actually kept shooting, and he's not the greatest efficient shooter in the world. But the Hawks just struggled offensively in that first quarter. From there, it was pretty solid, but uh, they all count. All 48 minutes count, and the Hawks uh, did not do enough defensively to get the win in this spot. Um, Looking to the individual stuff a little bit here, I will point out broadly that there's just been a lot of bad shooting, and we'll come back to that in a second, but just a lot of bad open shooting for the entire season. The Hawks did the Hawks did enter this game as the worst three-point shooting team in the league still, and that will not be helped by the numbers in this game. Keep that in mind as we're diving through all of the players. So, as I said before, all 12 guys appeared for Atlanta. Damian Jones had the one stint. It was in the first half, four minutes. Nothing uh, nothing terribly exciting there from Damian. Bruno Fernando only, only played eight minutes. He got a quick hook in the first half for Damian Jones. Um, did come back in one more time, but Bruno... Um, a little bit telling, I think, that he was uh, yanked pretty quickly there. And obviously he's going to play less with Devin plays, but the Hawks had to go small in the fourth quarter, which kind of juiced out a little bit to not have, have him play a whole lot in this game. But he was uh, pretty uninspiring when he did play. Brandon Goodwin, eight minutes of, of play, five points and a steal for Brandon. I thought, he was, I thought he was fine when he was out there. I probably could use even more of him, frankly. But I thought, uh, you know, he was okay when he played. Uh, Vince Carter had a, had a couple of jump shots, but that was kind of it. One of six from three. Pretty bad there. Five points, two rebounds, one assist. There was a good tribute video from Memphis and his, tri- and his final trip there because, you know, Vince is getting the retirement tour from everyone, rightly so, but he actually played Memphis and played well in Memphis for a while, so um, even more so in, in that spot, and they were appreciative of him returning for one last time as an opposing player. Um, Travion Graham, 15 minutes, I thought actually was pretty good. Uh, defensively, he had some nice moments, six points, made, made two or four from three, had two assists and two rebounds. I continue to like Travion Graham as, like, a pure supporting piece, obviously, but some good minutes from him along the way here. Ken Reddish was good before he left the game. Nine points, two rebounds, an assist, and a steal to go along with uh, uh, the one three that he hit, three of five from the floor, two of two from free throw line, uh, and a good night from him other than the injury, and we'll see how long he is out, hopefully not until Monday or beyond that. And finally, Jeff Teague, 20 minutes off the bench, 10 points, three assists, two rebounds. There was one stretch where I thought he was pretty aggressive and good. Other than that, not not too much to take away from Jeff's performance, but I thought he was, he was okay in this game. Could not stay in front of Morant, but nobody can, basically. So there you go. Um, to the starters, and the shoe numbers are horrific other than John Collins. Everyone um, was bad, <laughs> shooting-wise, from the floor anyway. Um, just as a snapshot here, 2 of 11 for Hunter, 1 of 11 for, for Deadman, 4 of 16 for Young, and 4 of 11 from Herter. Yeah, pretty rough. Um, to the guys who struggled the most, DeAndre Hunter, 2 of 11 from the floor, 0 of 4 from 3. 6 points, 5 rebounds, an assist, and 4 turnovers. He was very bad in this game. Um, you know, I try not to get too high and too low on any of the young guys, but a, a pretty brutal run run here for DeAndre in the last three games. He is uh, 1 of 13 from 3 in those three. And uh, at present, 
with the Ottawa's offensive game, he just has to make threes to be a viable offensive player at the moment. He does have other things that he can do in the future and occasionally flashes now, but for the most part at the moment, he's a spot-up threat, and uh, if he's going to miss shots like that, he's kind of uh, brutal to play offensively, and the numbers reflect that in this game. Even that, even with the 0-4 from, um, from threes, 2 of 7 on twos is pretty rough for Hunter, and he was just pretty bad in this game, uh, flat out. Um, Deadman. I said before, I actually thought he was a little bit better than the numbers indicated in terms of the shooting, but the shooting was brutal. Uh, 1 of 11 from the floor is terrible, obviously. 0 of 7 from 3, also terrible, especially when I think at least 5 of those were wide open, um, as he's going to do. And by the way, Deadman now, since he got to Atlanta, is 6 of 29 from 3. It's a pretty small sample size, but to go along with the Sacramento sample size, there is a potential that Deadman is just uh, kind of broken as a shooter right now. I'm not going to declare that, but um, being worried is probably justified at this point about a 3-point shot because... I think he still is the best center the Hawks have available at this moment. That's a very low bar to clear because he can play defense and he can he can rebound a little bit and protect the rim. So he brings some value and he's still an upgrade on what the Hawks have had. But if he's not going to make shots, um, it's not great necessarily for Devin. So circle that. We'll come back to it. But he was actually better than the shooting numbers, but still not didn't play great overall because of the missed shots that he had. Uh, Herder. Had some moments, 11 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 steals, and uh, now 17 assists in 2 games for Kevin. That's a pretty, uh, pretty good thing there. And he was one of the only guys that made shots, 3 of 6 from 3. Um, I thought on 2s he was not particularly good, 1 of 5, of course. And then defensively, a couple rough moments. He was rebounding a little bit better in this game than he was on Friday, where I was critical of his lack of force just overall in that game. It was a little bit better here, but there were a couple moments where I was uh, cringing at his lack of physicality around the rim. I thought he was okay. Like, you know, in a game where most guys didn't play all that well, I thought Herder was not one of the more uh, shaky ones. Did have four turnovers, but I thought he was just generally fine. Just a couple moments that you want to circle. But his, his floor spacing was huge, and six assists um, to lead the team are noteworthy as well. Trey Young struggled, as I said before, 16 points. Five rebounds, four assists, two steals. It is a credit to him that he was able to get to the line nine times when he didn't really have it going in many other ways. Did have five turnovers, though. Not his best, and I think he was uh, pretty clearly physically limited, even from the opening tip. Like, the first few possessions, you can kind of tell he was not himself, which is a little bit more of a, one of those things that I, that I try to avoid saying out loud when you're only watching two or, two or three possessions at the outset to kind of like make a judgment. But he just never had it from that point forward. And the shooting numbers are rough. 460 from the floor, 1 of 10 from 3, 7 of 9 from the free throw line. I do know that he has been sick, but I wanted to point this out. Um, I'm not trying to pile on, but Trey is now 9 of his last 51 from 3. And uh, you can do the math on that. It's not very good. You know, I'm not worried about this. People were asking about that after I tweeted about it um, in-game. It's just kind of regression in some ways. You know, he's you know he's probably due for a cold streak in some ways as well. He was so hot for so long as a shooter that I pointed out even at the time that he was not going to shoot 40% for three for the season. It's just impossible, basically. Unless you're Steph Curry, you really can't shoot that well percentage-wise on the quality of or difficulty of attempts, however you want to say that. It's just not necessarily sustainable. With that said, he's obviously not someone that I worry about as a jump shooter. I think he's going to be just fine. He's going, to, he's going to make more than enough to be good, but right now he's in a cold spell, and I continued in this game, obviously, with the 1 of 10 from 3. Um, four, uh, sorry, 3 of 6 and 2s is just fine, though, so it wasn't like he had nothing else going, but energy-wise, just wasn't fantastic, and uh, hopefully he'll be uh, healthy and ready to go again on Monday. Uh, John Collins was the lone bright spot, I think, just flat-out bright spot in this game offensively for the Hawks. 27 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and a block, and 9 of 16 from the floor, 3 of 5 from 3, 6 of 7 from the free-throw line, 39 minutes, he was the only guy um, that played more than 37. And by the way, Herter and Collins were the only two guys that played more than 29 minutes in this game. 
probably just justified given the way that everything else broke down with Hunter struggling, Devin struggling, et cetera, and Young not, not feeling himself. So those two guys were the ones that you probably want on the floor, especially after the reddish injury. But Collins was good, like flat out good. Uh, obviously, defensively, it's a rough one for him against Valanciunas head to head. When he was playing the four, it was just fine. Like he can he can stay in front of Cal Anderson, no problem there. Um, it's obviously a tough ask for him to play um, Valanciunas one on one defensively. And we saw a couple of times where he got he got beat up a little bit on the interior, but I thought he did okay for the most part. It had the two steals and the block that helps as well. And then offensively. Clearly the best option for the Hawks in this game. We've seen that now consistently. His offensive numbers are still ridiculous for the season. So there you go on that. Um, you know, I said this before, but offensively it was just kind of rough. And what just as a, as a final thing there, uh, not great. Looking ahead a little bit to the week to come. I'm not sure if I'm going to do a podcast before the game on Monday night because it's a home game. And uh, after back-to-back, might take Monday morning off. But alas, here we are. The Hawks do have their <laughs> – I hesitate to even say this out loud – they had their easiest schedule week of the season. Now, does that mean anything? We'll see. Um, the Hawks have lost games that they should have won this year. They've won games that they should have lost this year. So we'll see how much that matters. But the Hawks now have three games in only a six-day period. So full rest in all three games. They're all at home. And they play the Hornets, the Knicks, and the Cavs in a row. So if you are someone who looks who's looking for Hawks, the Hawks to get wins, this is a week where you probably hope to get at least two. The Hawks will probably be favored in all three games. Now, whether they should be or not, again, up, up to debate. And if the Hawks are at full strength, if Trey Young is feeling himself, and if uh, if the Hawks have um, everybody around except for Capella, they should be favored in all three all three games. I think they're probably better, or at least as good as all three of these teams that they're playing against. And then they have home, they have home floor and full rest. So we'll see how they play. Nothing is guaranteed by any means, but um, circle those three. If they don't win two out of three in this this week. You know, the record's going to look even probably uglier than I thought it would have a couple of weeks ago. So, circle that. Monday night will be Charlotte at home, and then we'll see how they fare in that spot. That's going to do it for tonight's podcast. Please uh, subscribe to the show. Please listen to the podcast as well if you don't already. But um, if you're a new listener, welcome to the welcome to the pod. Not the greatest night in the world to jump on the Hawks bandwagon. But if you are joining, hopefully you will enjoy this podcast. And, uh, you know, a little bit longer usually on this pod, but we, because it was back-to-back, only games, no real news. And uh, we'll just kind of get in, get out, and hope, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. So one more time, tell a friend, subscribe to the show. And at the very latest, we'll see everybody after the game on Monday evening.